0: Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. Man, all right, so today we are going to just put a pause on Ephesians. So if you have your message notes, tuck those away. You'll need those next week as we continue with our Ephesians series that we are calling Setting Things Straight. Today, because it is water baptism, we just kind of want to shine a, light, a bright light on water baptisms and i want to help all of us understand that the truth is that water baptism is water baptism is much more of a spiritual act of obedience than we may even realize and i hope today to cause you to reflect back to the time when you stood in that that body of water and made that public declaration. We also want to shine a bright light on those who will later in this service do exactly that. Nine candidates today are being baptized in water, and we are so thankful for that. To me, that is just an accurate picture of a growing church when when believers are being baptized. So the question really about water baptism is, it, is it really that important. Have you ever wondered why do we pay so much attention to that? Is it really that important? Why should I be baptized in water? Maybe you're here today and you've never been baptized in water. Maybe you're here today and you have been baptized in water. Here's what I wanna share with you. I remember as far back as I can being in church in Northern New Mexico. I come from a town called Taos, Taos, New Mexico. And as far back as I can remember, every few months, we would have church at the river. The Rio Grande River runs through Taos, New Mexico. And so we used this body of water, this river, to serve as the tank for water uh, baptism. So every few months we would go out to this river. We would have church by the river and then we would call all the candidates to come one by one into the river and they would be baptized right there in the river. When I was in seventh grade, my family and I, we were now living in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, we were part of a large church. And I remember the water baptistry was right up there where you see Cedar Valley. It was a beautiful water baptistry. And my father actually baptized me in water. And I remember him holding the microphone in front of me, in front of the people. And I just remember making that declaration. I want to live my life for Jesus. And my dad he dunked me in the water that day. And then just three years ago at our last assignment, we were at a church called Legacy Church Fort Collins. I had the privilege and I baptized. This was the best moment of my life, perhaps, when I baptized my son, AJ, in water. And as a little, you know, as a little eight-year-old, here he is saying, I want to live my life for Jesus. And I'm like, yes, every dad's dream, right? Right. Water baptisms are so amazing, and I truly do think that they are much more of a spiritual act of obedience than we may even realize. And so whether it's in a river, whether it's in a lake, whether it's in a baptistry or like AJ in a horse trough, water baptism is absolutely for every single person. Believer, So we do want to stand this morning for our primary text. That will be found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, if you don't mind standing to your feet. This is something that we just do. It's one way of just bringing to our attention that this word, the Bible, is the authority of God. And, and this is where we get all of our instructions, and we're going to read that. Today you're going to notice that I'm reading some of my verses off of a document that I have. It is, it is the word of God, it is not my words, I just have it here. I don't have the teaching screen today, so I thought this would maybe help me um, a little bit more. But I'll give you a moment, Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 41. And as you find that, let me just remind you that this is Acts chapter 2, when Jesus has now died he has rose from the dead he has gone to be with the father and the holy spirit has come and the and the holy spirit has landed on them and now they are speaking in many tongues and people are accusing them of being drunk in the morning right and peter peter stands up and he shares perhaps the most amazing perhaps the most powerful effective message that we that we know of right and so right midway through his message is where we will pick up starting at verse 36 and it says therefore let all israel be assured of this and here's the climax of this message god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord and christ god has made Jesus both Lord, meaning authority, and Christ Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And I love that because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 4 ta- 4.12 talks about the work of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. When people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, the promise is the forgiveness of our sins. The promise is for you and your children and every parent said amen. For you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, Peter warned them and he pleaded with them save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Every single one of them was baptized everyone who believed in Christ, everyone who repented, who turned from their sin and trusted in Christ, they were baptized. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're with our pastor. We thank you that you are with uh, Pastor Kathy. We thank you that that you are with our missionaries visiting. We thank you, God, that you are omnipresent. You are everywhere all the time. You are active. You are working in our lives, in our hearts, in our spirits. We thank you. We can even sense that work taking place even right now. Lord, I just pray that although this this Sunday is an odd Sunday, it's a different kind of Sunday. Lord, you saw this. You knew this. You're going to work. You're going to do great things today. We know that. So we thank you for your work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said together. Amen. You may be seated. So water baptism, it's a beautiful picture of God's grace. It really is a beautiful picture of God's grace. And we will see this picture in just a few moments when some people from right here at Cedar Valley make that public um, declaration. So water baptism is this picture, and it is an identification with Christ. It's the uniting of our lives. Um, this picture of how lives are united with Christ. Water baptism gives us that picture. It's a, it's a picture of death with Christ. And then it's also a picture of new life in Christ. So based on what the New Testament teaches, if you are a follower of Christ, and, and let me just pause for a moment and say, we know that that there are followers of Christ in this room today actively pursuing going after Jesus Christ growing spiritually but but we also know that in this room today there may be some who are not followers of Christ and we are thrilled that you would come and be a part of this conversation and I hope that as you as you listen to what God has for you today something would begin to stir in you and you would feel and sense the Holy Spirit tugging on on your heart for sure. Because everything we talk about is absolutely for you as well. So based on what the New Testament teaches, if you're a follower of Christ and you have not been baptized, if you are a follower of Christ and you have not been baptized in water, then I would say you're kind of walking out of step with what it means to be a follower of Christ. So so let me just talk a little bit about what water baptism is. What is water baptism? Well, first and foremost, I feel like it's a celebration of the grace of Christ. It's a celebration, yes, but the reason why it's a celebration is because it's a picture of the grace of God. The individual standing in the water is a picture of the grace of God, right? They raise this thing above their head, telling everybody what life was before Jesus, and then they flip it over, and all of a sudden there you see a picture of who I am in Christ. It's a point in your life where everyone celebrates the grace of God, the grace of God. The key here is baptism is not necessary for salvation. Water baptism is not necessary for salvation. It is not necessary to be baptized in water in order to be made right before God, certainly not. But but for those who are growing in Christ, those who, who have given your life to Jesus Christ, we do believe that it is essential. It is an essential part of your growth in Christ. It, it really is. And, and really, I would say, it's like the beginning of the process. It's the beginning of your walk with Jesus. Water baptism is like the initial thing you do as a follower of Christ. So if you haven't been baptized in water, please don't feel any condemnation whatsoever. I would just say, sign up for the next one and let's take care of that. Like let's, let's make sure you have the opportunity to make that declaration before your church and to the whole entire world. Let me read to you Romans chapter six, verse one. Turn to that Acts, the next book, Romans. Romans six, verse one says, what should we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, we too, may live a new life. And I would like to say like, it is a new life. Giving your life to Jesus presents an opportunity for you to live a new life, to be dead to those things that held you bound. Like I am no longer shackled right by shame or by sin. I have died to Christ and I now live a new life. And I would even like say like, like you get a new plan. Like all of a sudden you have this this new idea, this fresh passion, fresh dreams. Like I am new again, like a fresh breath of, of air, very good air, new priorities. Jesus Christ died on a cross as our replacement and he rose from the grave as our savior. He died a gruesome death on the cross in my place, in your place. And he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead, walked out of the grave, walked out of the tomb as the savior of the world. Water baptism is a picture of the gospel of Christ. It's a picture of the gospel of Christ. We wear t-shirts in the tank that say, I have decided. I, I, Amos, came to a place in my life where I realized I was lost in my sin. But I have accepted Jesus Christ in my life. I believe that he died and rose again. I believe that I have now received the gift of the Holy Spirit and eternal life with him forever. It's a picture. Baptism is a picture of the gospel displayed for all to see. In just a moment, when when a brother or sister of ours is baptized, you know, this is not salvation taking place. That's not an act of salvation, but it is a picture. It's a representation. Like it's an illustration of salvation. It really is. The reality has already taken place in their heart. This is a picture for the whole world to see. We've often said, Water baptism is something that it's, it's, it's a outward expression of something internal taking place. Like something's already been happening. Now I want to step in and show the world what that is and what that looks like. So into the water is identification with his death and out of the water is participation in his resurrection. Like truly the old is gone and the new has come. Every one of you who's been baptized in water, you know the feeling of coming out of that tank. You can feel like the burden has been lightened, right? Come on, put your hands in the air for two seconds. If you say, I remember the moment, I remember the moment, God, we remember the moment when we came out of that water and we felt like this is new life, fresh breath of air. Thank you, God, for rescuing me. Water baptism is also, it's a declaration of the glory of Christ right here in the church but also to all of the world. It's a declaration. It is a strong declaration of his glory and his power. It's really not even about us. It's about him and what he has done in me. I mean, it's, it's, it's really his opportunity to show off what he's done in me and what he's done in my heart. It's a declaration of his glory, his power, his victory over sin, not my victory over sin. I could not overcome my own sin. He overcame my sin. It's his victory over sin. Proclamation of his glory in the church. It's a beautiful thing. Think about it: nine people stepping into the tank today. You know, that's a healthy sign of a growing church. For his glory, God is still working. Despite the nonsense, despite the darkness, despite the sin that is just everywhere, people today are still saying, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord. And I want to publicly declare that today. To my church and to the world, God is still moving. That's about as loud as they clap at the Minnesota Twins games these days. Just saying, you ain't clapping for me. You ain't clapping for me. I know the Twins ain't got it this year, I know, but just don't sleep on us next year. <clears throat> so, so why do we do it? Why do we put such an emphasis on water baptism? Why do we, why do we make it such a big deal? Water baptism, The reason why we do it first and foremost is because we want to follow the example of Christ. Go with me, Matthew chapter 3. We'll go through 13, 14, and 15. Matthew chapter 3. Here we see this this really great story. Jesus coming from Galilee Galilee to the Jordan River. So Jesus was baptized in a river um, by John. He comes to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him. Just like all of us, he said, I need to be baptized by you. Why do you come to me? Imagine Jesus coming to you saying, hey, will you baptize me? You're like, no, no, will you baptize me? No, 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 really, will you baptize me? I need you to baptize me. No, really, Jesus, I, can you, seriously, I'm the, I'm the sinner here. You're Jesus, can, you know, so that's taking place. Verse 15 goes on and Jesus says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill All righteousness, he is setting a precedent. He is setting an example for us. Then John consented. John's like, okay, I I get it. I I see what you're doing here. I, I understand what you're doing here, Jesus. You are modeling something that you want us all to do. As soon as Jesus was baptized, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him and a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And in that moment, the the ministry of Jesus was birthed. That was the start of the ministry of Jesus. So we do it, number one, to follow his example water baptism. We do it to follow his example. The second reason why we do it is to obey the command of Christ. You know this, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Matthew 28, 19. You know this, the great commandment, right? Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Now, this is at the end of Jesus's ministry in Matthew, and he says, go make disciples of all nations, all people. Go make disciples. Go proclaim the gospel message to all people. And then do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's why today is so special because it's more than just, water baptism is more than just just a celebration. It is an act of obedience. Like he commanded us to go make disciples and baptize them. It's part of the growth of an individual. When you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the next thing you are eager to do is to let the, the whole world know, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why do we do this? Because it's obedience. It's a command that he gave to us. The other reason why we do this is to unite with the body. I love this, I love this. I really love this portion. Go with me, 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 12. I, I love of, of the three that I shared, this one to me permeates the most. Like it just resonates with me because I love, I love team and, and and I get the sense here that that he did this so that way he could unite all of us. And we've we're on this theme lately. I hope you see that that our pastor's heart, like like we're staying close to this idea of coming together as one and not putting aside our culture, not putting aside our race. No, we're not saying leave your culture at the door. We would never say that. We're saying bring your culture with you. Bring your culture with you. But we are one. And when we are baptized in water, we are baptized into the church. Like like, so if you're a thug and you go back into the gang, this is like initiation. Like you got to do this to get in. Water baptism is like your initiation into the church family. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the body is a unit. I love that, the body is a unit. The body is a team, the body, capital C, church. You know that Cedar Valley Church is a team. You know that Cedar Valley Church is a unit together. We raise funds so that we can help missionaries all over the world. There are missionaries today doing God's work in, in different places and you have helped fund a lot of what they're doing. Cedar Valley Church is a unit. The body of Christ is a unit. And being baptized in water is what brings you into the family. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all of its parts are many, they form, how many bodies? One body, many parts, but one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized. Listen to this, baptized by one spirit into one body. Baptized into one body by one spirit. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. To me, this just lines, I know we're not in Ephesians, but it just kind of lines right up with what we've been talking about. And I had this thought as I was reading the, the, the scripture. We are one unit, one body, many parts, one body, many parts. We are one body, many parts. This is God's design for us as believers. So it shouldn't surprise us that Satan would come and his bullseye target, like like his main focus of all his focuses would be to divide the team. Because God made us one unit through water baptism. We are one body, one body, God, one team. I love that, many parts, many cultures, many races, many sizes, we're all one. We're one, that's God's design. So Satan comes in and now tries to attack that. You've heard it said, Sunday's the most segregated time of the week, which is exactly opposite of what God designed for us to be. This church should be, and we are working hard for this to be, it should be a true reflection of the community that it sits in. I've told you this before go to Walmart, just half a mile up the road. That's what we need to look like. The fact that you're here and you don't look like me, I love it. You give us depth. Team, we're a unit, you give us depth. I can't reach all people. You can reach people I'll never be able to touch. Pastor Neil can't reach all people. You give us depth. We're a team. Together we are better. We're stronger. Right? And here we see it's through water baptism. Like we were baptized into one body. Capital C. Church. His people. We were baptized into this Unit And I love belonging to this unit. And I don't have to leave like like who I am and who he designed me to be at the door. That's actually a great thing to bring into the unit. Like bring your culture, bring your color, bring your passions, like bring it, bring it because it all makes us better. Find somebody right now that's not the same color as you say, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, go ahead and do it. Do it, do it. Find somebody that doesn't look like you. Go ahead, do it. Yep, find somebody that doesn't look like you. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being here. You make our church better. Some of you might be like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Look at that person and say, I'm so glad you're here too. We all need a little sandpaper in our life. Come on. And I'll, and I'll end with this. And Pastor Neil, I know you're watching. You're going to be so glad we ended early, not late. How do we do water baptism? We truly believe that God's design for water baptism is immersion. Immersion. It's like the most biblical manner of baptism is immersion. The Greek word for, for baptism, baptizo, means to immerse, to submerge to dunk. I told Pastor Jeff's doing water baptisms. I said, dunk them like all wet. Like, we don't want you to come out a little dry up here. Boom. Right. That's when it's like most biblical when you're soaking, sopping wet. And I'm going to end with this. And, and as I do this, our candidates are, are going to be lining up here at the back door any moment. And as soon as the candidates are ready um, and you're all there, make your way up here to the stage. Come on up, come on up. And I I just wanna share a quick story as you do that. One One of my fondest memories in ministry, there was an elderly man who came to our church and had never served Jesus. He had a record. He had a story. He had a humongous family. So much, so much complexity in this story. I remember him giving his life to Jesus, gave his life to Jesus. Months later, months later, he was diagnosed with cancer, a very aggressive cancer, you know, in the fourth stage. And I remember going often to the hospital to visit with him and share with him and just, be there with him. And and then one day he asked me a question that I had a hard time answering. And he said, I really want to be baptized. And in my heart, I was like, bro, you're going to be with Jesus like in no time. Ask him, you know. I don't know that they're not going to let you out of this place to to go take care of this. And I thought, okay, how do we do this? And so I just, you know, we did it. Got his big hospital mug. You know, those things, they're big, right? Went down. To, to, the, to the station, the little station, fill that thing up with water. And I said, brother, we're going to have to make do with what we have. But why do you want to be baptized today? And he said, I want to be baptized today because I'm so thankful that he saved me, that he forgave me of my sins. And I want the world to know that although I didn't live a good life, I'm dying a son of Jesus. And I said, and I said, brother, right there where you are, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as a minister of the gospel, I baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His head, his chest, his bed, the floor. It was awesome, it was awesome. What a picture, what a picture of God's grace. Yes, we have evidence that God is moving. We just saw it in five different people's lives. Happy people, happy family members up here taking pictures like this is a moment that they will never forget. God is moving in this place. How awesome. Isn't he good? Will you take 30 seconds, lift your hands right there you're at. Just 30 seconds. God, help me to never lose sight of your grace in my life. Just help me to never lose sight of what you've done for me. Nothing that I did. It's all because of what you've done in my life. God, help us to never lose sight of your grace and your mercy in our life every single day new mercies your mercies will never run out thank you for that today thank you god we celebrate with those who made that declaration today lord thank you you're moving love you